It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it rains, it pours. The Reds ran into a perfect storm of a very good Baltimore team and a very bad weather day as they lose their third game in a row. I'll unpack all of it on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network and we are free and available on all platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, and I am a diehard baseball fan. I have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. I have taken my love of the game and my passion for baseball, and I have turned that passion into information for you. I want to thank those of you who are everydayers that listen to the show every day. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen or watch. Uh, We want to hear from you. Post something down in the comment section. Tell us about your love of baseball. Reach out on Twitter. uh, Share your thoughts. We love talking baseball with you. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of what went wrong, about a sloppy, wet night out at Camden Yards that led the Reds to play a really sloppy brand of baseball. I'll be talking about what went wrong and what went pretty good as well in the series opener against the Orioles last night. I'll also be taking a look at the game of musical pitchers that the Reds are playing right now and they have played over the last several weeks. Uh, I know it's hard to keep up with. I'll try and get you caught up as to who is in and who is out of the Reds pitching staff. There were also several bits of good news at the big league level and in the minor leagues yesterday. Um, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about all of those good things as well. Uh, What wasn't good was the weather last night in Baltimore. Uh, If you caught the game, you saw that more than once Brandon Williamson had to battle the rain and it seemed like the rain was waiting for him. Uh, It didn't seem to give uh, the Orioles near as much trouble when they were in the field as it did when the Reds were playing defense. Brandon Williamson struggled. He struggled to get control of the ball. He struggled to get control of the strike zone. Uh, It just did not go his way. Uh, He took the mound in the bottom of the first already spotted a one-run lead courtesy of a Kevin Newman double. Uh, Newman was later driven in by Spencer Steer. Williamson 
pitched a clean bottom of the first, striking out one, walking one, getting out of that inning without giving up any runs, uh, and looking like he was going to have a decent game. But then came the rain in the second. Williamson lost all of the feel that he had for the ball. He lost all of the feel for the strike zone. He kept missing, uh, especially when he was trying to go to the outside versus right-handed batters. He just couldn't quite locate any of his pitches, and it really hurt him. Uh, and it led to a pretty high pitch count as well. Uh, Williamson walked three batters in the second inning before giving up two RBI single to Austin Hayes. Uh, the weather seemed to be against him again when he came out in the third inning. He only managed to face one batter. Uh, he allowed a single before the rain shut things down for about an hour and a half. Uh, you know, Williamson said after the game that he lost a feel for what he was trying to do with his pitches and that he wished in hindsight uh, that the game could have been postponed. And I agree with that. You know, in this day and age of, of radar and being able to really know what's going to happen with the weather before the game ever gets started, maybe it would have been in everybody's best interest if Major League Baseball had just canceled the game uh, and moved it to today. Now, I know they would have probably had to give up a little parking revenue and a little concession revenue, and that's really probably what it's all about for both Rob Manfred and the owners but it was really bad for the players. I think it was really bad for the product on the field. And, and you could tell that everybody in the stadium that was associated with the grounds crew uh, knew what was about to happen. Uh, there was a great shot on the television broadcast of one of the head that are the head groundskeeper out there with an iPad showing the umpire the radar. And then before that third inning got underway, the grounds crew was lined up behind the tarp. They knew the rain was coming. They knew what was about to happen. And still, they sent Brandon Williamson out there to pitch. If you saw the mound on TV, you saw that it was soupy. It was turning to mud. Williamson couldn't get his footing. And that's how somebody gets hurt. And that's really not something that the Reds could afford, would be to have another starting pitcher hurt, especially when it's in an avoidable circumstance. Uh, when you take into account the rain and Williamson losing his feel for his pitches, he ended up throwing a ton of pitches through two innings. He threw 67 pitches. Now, 39 of those pitches were for strikes. So don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't think that I'm saying that it was all bad from Williamson because it wasn't. He really did battle. Uh, there were times the rain was coming down so hard. It really reminded me of that game with Lucas Sims where he just kept chucking all the balls that the umpire gave him into the dugout until they called for a rain delay. I almost wish that Williamson had done that and, and recreated that moment in order to uh, save his arm a little bit. But it didn't go that way. But at least Williamson did not get injured. But the way that it went down is really the worst thing that could have happened for an already overworked bullpen. Uh, the bullpen had to take over in the third inning. Every relief pitcher that entered the game last night allowed at least one run to score. Fernando Cruz came out of the rain delay and took over for Brandon Williamson. He inherited that runner that Williamson had given up before the rain delay. Uh, he allowed that runner to score. He gave way to Eduardo Salazar after pitching two innings. So he Cruz only allowed the one run in two innings. So it, it was a decent outing for Cruz. Uh, Eduardo Salazar, not as good. Uh, he came in and in one inning, he allowed three runs on three hits uh, and really allowed Baltimore to pull away in this game. Uh, after Salazar was done with his one inning of work, 
the Reds turn to rookie Jake Wong. Jake Wong. Yeah, you heard me right. Uh, a dude named Jake Wong. And we'll talk about him a little bit more uh, coming up in just a little bit because him being on a major league roster is just something in of itself. But Wong made his major league debut to close it out pitching three innings. Now, he looked good at times. Chris Welsh had some nice things to say about him. And, and that could just have been Sadak and Welsh filling airtime in a game that was, you know, getting away from the Reds. But if you look at all of Wong's minor league statistics, there's really no reason he should have been in the majors and in this game. Now, it wasn't all bad. There were some highlights for the Reds from this outing last night. Uh, no bigger highlight than what Spencer Steer did in this game he had himself a big game as a matter of fact a three hit game he went three for three must be something about the number three for spencer stewart last night because three for three with three rbis in the game uh along the way he hit his team leading 12th home run and he now sits at 46 runs batted in on the season steer also continues to look more and more comfortable out in left field now he's not playing a perfect left field uh, there are some times where he doesn't take the exact correct route i guess you could say to get to the ball but he looked good out there especially in conditions that were not good i mean we saw tj friedel fall down trying to go after a fly ball at one point in this game the outfield was just wet it was very soupy uh, the ground was giving way i really really don't think this game should have been played. The field conditions didn't seem conducive to safety for the players. Uh, the, the play itself was very sloppy. As I say, people falling down, pitchers not being able to get a grip on the ball and find the zone. It just, it's not good. It's not a good look for Major League Baseball. And this coming off of a, a weekend where Major League Baseball's attendance was up over 10%, I think, or, or close to 10% from a year ago. People were coming out to baseball. The new rules seem to be working. It's drawing people to the game. So you need to put a consistent product on the field and doing it in the middle of a driving rainstorm is not good for the fans. It's not good for the players. It's really not good for anybody involved. Uh, on, on top of Spencer Steer's defensive play, everything else was just kind of eh, around. Nick Senzel looked like he struggled a couple times, but still managed to make catches. He does not play a smooth right field uh it's it's an exercise in uh getting your heart pounding every time a ball's hit to right while he's out there right now uh there's something else in this game last night that bothered me a little bit that's let's call it a curiosity i don't exactly understand what's going on in david bell's mind we didn't see joey Votto at all in this game now, maybe that was weather related. Maybe they didn't want to risk him getting injured. Maybe, I don't know. There's a lot of maybes, but we didn't see him play at all. But who we did see come to the plate four times is Kurt Casale with two other catchers available on the roster. Four times Kurt Casale was allowed to bat. I don't think Kurt Casale is a bad guy. I believe what we hear from the other players and from the pitchers and from the, the media around the team and the broadcasters that Kurt Casale is really good for this pitching staff. There were several times in this game when pitchers were being flustered by the weather that Casale went out and settled him down and acted as another coach. And that's great. But right now we're tying up another roster spot to have this extra coach, to have this luxury of an extra catcher for a plan that the Reds have long abandoned. 
Kurt Casale has a slash line on the or a batting average on the season right now of 162. You heard me right. A batting average of 162 on the year. In his last 30 games, he has a slash line. And I wish I was making this up, folks, but I am not. His slash line in the last 30 games is 132, 292, 170. There is no good reason for Kurt Casale to have at-bats in the major leagues right now. He just simply is not getting the job done at all when it comes to uh, offensive production. It is time for the Reds to make a move with this three-catcher plan. It is time for them to go ahead and cut Kurt Casale. I know that when I talked to John Sadak last week, he didn't think Kurt Casale should be cut. He thought that Kurt Casale could be a trade piece. I don't know what you get back for Kurt Casale with a slash line of 132, 292, 170. I, I mean, is there somebody out there that would give you something for a, a veteran catcher like Kurt Casale that's known to be good? Maybe, maybe there's a team out there that needs a second catcher, somebody that they can use as a defensive replacement late in the game. If they want to have a pinch hitter, uh, maybe you could get something, but I don't think you tie up this roster spot any longer while you're out there trying to look for it, while you're out there trying to get it. I think you absolutely have to just make the decision to move on. While there were a few offensive bright spots, the pitching struggles really took the Red out of Reds out of the game early last night. And speaking of that pitching staff, the Reds pitching staff is now more confusing than ever. I'll try to get you caught up on all of the moves that they have made and what they mean coming up in just a minute. But before we get to that, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your vehicle to the My Garage section and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers, eligible items, only exclusions apply. The reds and the Orioles get round two underway at Camden yards tonight with first pitch scheduled for seven Oh five PM. Eastern time. If you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just download the SXM app and search the word reds. Thanks for always making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Everydayers, on the next podcast, Jeff and I are going to talk about Andrew Abbott, and we will take a look at some of David Bell's curious decisions, his dedication to certain players playing no matter what. That's all coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, but today we have some pitching to talk about. There is a bright spot in the pitching because Andrew Abbott goes today for the Reds. He might be the one remaining bright spot right now in the Reds rotation with Graham Ashcraft still being a bit of a question mark. 
Uh, Andrew Abbott is 3-0 with a 1.14 ERA in his first four starts as a Red. The Reds really need him to come up big today and to take some of that pressure off of the bullpen. Uh, the keys for him to have a successful start tonight will be to limit walks and not waste pitches. David Bell really needs to try to get Abbott through at least six innings tonight before he goes into an already exhausted bullpen. Uh, if Abbott can keep his walks down and his pitch count down and get through six, that's going to go a long way to helping this pin. Now, there are a lot of rested arms in the pin. Uh, the Reds have made moves. Uh, with all the moves they made, it's, it's even hard to keep up with who's available and who's not and who's been sent down and who's been called up. But for tonight's game, the Reds do have some arms available. Now, we can go ahead and consider that Cruz, Salazar, and Wong will be unavailable because they pitched last night. Uh, that will leave the Reds with Alexis Diaz, Buck Farmer, Daniel Duarte, Ian Jabot, Lucas Sims, and Alex Young. That's a pretty good staple of arms to have available for game two. Now, hopefully the Reds don't need to use all of those guys. And it also wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be shocked if the Reds send Wong back down to the minor leagues and call up another fresh arm. And, and that's pretty much how you can tell how much trouble the Reds pitching staff is in right now is because they're going to continue to just cycle fresh arms up here regardless of how those players have performed at AAA. Uh, Wong is an example of that. Before the Reds called him up and he debuted last night, he had a 7-plus ERA in the minor leagues. Uh, I would imagine when he was called into the manager's office down in Louisville, to be told that he was being promoted to the majors, he probably thought he might be getting released. And yet he was told to pack his bags. He's going to pitch in the big leagues. It's, it's just really, it reminds me a lot, the, the pitching situation and the injuries and, and the way the Reds are having to just grab anybody they can as a Band-Aid. It reminds me so much of the catching situation last season when we saw six or seven different catchers throughout the course of the season, many of them without the ability to even catch the ball. We saw that out of a couple of those guys. This reminds me a lot of that. But it's very important that the Reds keep some fresh arms in this bullpen because there's some rough starts ahead. Uh, We've got Andrew Abbott on the mound tonight, but tomorrow Luke Weaver is going to get the start for the Reds. So they're going to need plenty of fresh arms. Uh, you can count on that. And that's probably the only thing that you can count on from this pitching staff right now. I was really hopeful that we would have seen the last of Luke Weaver after his last start where he allowed five runs against the Atlanta Braves. But, but that's not the case. The Reds have already sent uh, Stout and Wynn out of the major league roster stout sent back to triple a uh, win has been designated for assignments. I imagine he will clear waivers and be able to be sent back down to Louisville, but neither one of those guys are going to be able to be recalled immediately unless there's some other injury to the pitching staff and the reds really can't absorb another injury. So until the starting rotation is somehow stabilized and the revolving bullpen door is closed uh, there's going to be big problems for this Reds pitching staff. Here's hoping that the Reds offense can continue to give them enough to keep them in games until that happens. Uh, but listen, I don't want you to think that I'm just going to focus on the bad just because Jeff's out today and he's not here to be Mr. Sunshine and optimism uh, because that does rub off on me when he does that. But it wasn't all bad. Yesterday, there were several pieces of good news announced by the Reds yesterday, and we're going to talk about all of them right after this. 
The Reds and the Orioles face off again at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. Andrew Abbott will oppose right-hander Tyler Wells. If you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. Make sure you have clicked the subscribe and the notification bell. Uh, you get notified when we go live like we did after Ellie De La Cruz's cycle. Uh, when we post special bonus episodes like my conversation with John Sadak last week, if you have the notification bell on, you will be notified whenever we add something extra. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, there was some good news announced by the Reds yesterday. In fact, there was a couple pieces of good news. Uh, to nobody's surprise, Ellie De La Cruz was named the National League Player of the Week. Uh, for the week, Ellie hit a slash line of 440, 462, 880. I want to say it again because it's so nice. 440, 462, 880. Uh, during the course of the week, he had three doubles, a triple, two home runs, five RBIs, a couple of stolen bases, and yes, one cycle. If you didn't catch the cycle, boy, did you miss out. The first red cycle since Eric Davis did it in 1989. Uh, you could feel the electricity coming through the TV if you were watching the broadcast. I can't imagine what it was like to be in the stadium. I will say that John Sadak just knocked it out of the park himself uh, with his calls uh, during that game between Joey Votto's home runs, Ellie De La Cruz's cycle. Uh, Sadak was in rare form, uh, and it was a treat to listen to, I want to tell you. Uh, in other exciting Reds news, Noel V. Marte has been named to represent the Reds in the Futures game, which takes place during the All-Star break. It's going to be out in Seattle. Noel V. Marte is the Reds representative to that Futures game. Uh, so there will at least be somebody representing the Reds. Uh, we haven't heard yet who will represent the Reds at the Major League level. I really hope there's at least a couple guys that make the All-Star team. Uh, I talked about that uh, about a week ago, if you caught that episode. Uh, I really think Alexis Diaz will be there, and I hope that Matt McClain finds his way onto the All-Star roster as well. And maybe with a little bit more playing time, somehow Ellie De La Cruz will find his way there. Although I think he may come up short with, without having quite enough time uh, to warrant his being selected. In addition to being named to the Futures game, uh, Marte was also promoted from AA Chattanooga to AAA Louisville. And he wasn't the only Reds player promoted to AAA Louisville. Uh, pitcher Connor Phillips was also promoted from AA to AAA. And this one's a kind of an exciting move because I think the, the Reds' ability to continue to wait on Connor Phillips to be promoted to the majors is about to run out. Uh, they're in desperate need of starting pitching. So my hope is that Connor Phillips is allowed to make a start or two down in Louisville and that he is then promoted to the majors because they need help and they need it right now. I wanted to talk about the positives because there has been some negatives the last few days. We all got wrapped up in this winning streak. I did. You did, Jeff did, we all did. And just because the winning streak has ended, just because they've lost three games in a row, it's not time to give up. It's a great reminder that baseball is really a marathon. Baseball takes place over 162 games. Here's the good news. Even though the Reds have lost three in a row and they've fallen out of first place, they're only a half game back. All they have to do 
is maintain the pace, the first place pace in the National League Central until the starting pitching can be reinforced. And whether that comes from guys coming back from injury or some miracle move that Nick Craw pulls off. And I mean, he has made some great moves. So if he goes out and finds the red something, I'll be very excited for that. But until that happens, until that pitching staff is reinforced, if the Reds offense can just help the Reds to keep pace with whoever is leading the division, stay within a game of the Brewers, flip-flop with them. The, the Reds play the Brewers a lot coming up in the next 30 days. So there is some opportunity to get out in front again. Uh, you add in some starting pitchers, you get some guys back from injury, and this team is cooking with gasoline. I have no doubt that they will eventually uh, begin to pull away. Uh, it's just a matter of getting the pitching. And that's something we've been saying for years, I know. But this team is different. I think we all feel it. So I'm going to remain patient. I'm going to remain excited watching these young guys play. And I'm going to continue to try and look for the positives while we wait for some of our starting pitchers to come back and save the day. And that's probably where we will go ahead and wrap it up for today. Before we get out of here, don't forget, you can catch every pitch of the Reds Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Everydayers, don't forget, on tomorrow's show, Jeff will be back. We'll be breaking down Andrew Abbott's start. We'll be getting you set for Luke Weaver's start. And we'll talk a little bit about some of David Bell's curious decision-making when it comes to certain players like Kurt Casale, like Kevin Newman, like the matchups and you know, not playing Joey Votto and letting Kurt Casale bat four times. We're going to get into all of that as I'm interested to hear Jeff's thoughts on just how relied, how reliant David Bell has been on some of the metrics and then the times that he's not. Uh, I look forward to talking about that with Jeff and getting that ready for all of you. Uh, until next time, I'll keep monitoring the transactions, the rumors, the waivers, and everything that's going on with these Cincinnati Reds. I'll bring it back here to keep you locked on Reds every single day hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today